regional final. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Happy Friday to you. Welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you for the next couple of hours on a busy Friday. Lots of giveaways on Friday. Not only do we have the Claxons giveaway that you're accustomed to on Fridays. That's coming up about 11.50 late in the show today. Uh, we will get to that earlier in the program. We're going to give away another flag to another fan. We... Maybe you've got your team in the back of your mind that you want to uh, honor, I guess, is the way to do it today, Trent Condon. I'm anxious to see what you come up with. First of all, good morning, and how are you? Uh, I'm great. Baseball. Boy, baseball's good, isn't it? Wasn't it, it fun? And there were oh. some moments. How about the home runs yesterday? 40, yeah. I think it was 48. Oh, really? Total. Opening day, 48 home runs. It's a good number. Aren't the... What was the old adage? I was thinking about this. Well, pitchers are ahead because That's of the cold what I weather, thought, right? right? I yes, thought, do yes. I have this right? And then I see the numbers yesterday and think to myself, you know, maybe I've got this wrong. Maybe it's the hitters that have the edge. But no, I don't think that's the way I was taught it. Anyways, they didn't yesterday. But having said that, there were some damn good pitch baseball games yes. yesterday. No doubt about that. My DeGrom boy. against Scherzer How good from was the that? get-go was outstanding. I think they're the National League's two best pitchers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Clayton Kershaw, when he's healthy, is going to be in that argument. Uh, Baumgartner no, no longer anymore. No. Um, you know, you can find guys. Yeah. Syndergaard when he's healthy. Syndergaard when he's healthy. Uh, but those to me are the two at the head of the class mm-hmm. in the National League and they put on a show. Um, speaking of a pitching showdown. Whereabouts? My team. Yes. Corey Kluber, who we know is great. Terrific. He is outstanding. He was outstanding yesterday. He's, he was, but what you know what? The first 14? Something like that. The game was just sailing along. Oh, beautiful. And Barrios is what, 21? Uh, 23. 23. Yeah. Okay. Um, he outpitched. He did. And he pitched, what did he go, seven and a third? Seven and two thirds. Seven and two thirds. What a game. He gave up two hits, 10 strikeouts, mm-hmm. franchise record for opening day in terms of strikeouts. It's been a long time since the Twins have had an ace. And they've got one. They had Johan. Yep. They had that small window of Francisco Liriano. Mm hmm. And Going he, back before that, of course, Frankie V. Yes, Jack. Yeah, 1991. Absolutely. Going way back, oh, even yeah. further back. No, that was after. 87 oh, was Morris, my right. 87, yeah. 80, yeah. 87, 91. Right. And then Morris ended up in 93 with the Jays. Was he a 92 team or 93 team? Anyways. Yeah. I think he was there both years because I think he left the Twins after the 91 season. Okay. After that outstanding 10 innings. That was unbelievable against John Schmoltz. Against Schmoltz in that one. But. Yeah, baseball is back. That was fun. My team, Cubs fans are happy. Cardinal fans. Not so much. Boy, Kane robbed him. Kane robbed him. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a catch. Yes, he is. What a catch. Uh, That was a good, that was a well played baseball game. Mm -hmm. I watched that. The only thing I didn't like about it, and I watched the Brewers broadcast. As did I. Just no uh, BA, though. No Brian Anderson. No, well, he was busy last night. He was was sitting beside Chris Weber last night. He was. the only thing, opening day baseball, all the dignitaries that they have to bring into the booth. Oh, sure. You know, enough's enough. What did you think? Were you watching when Robin Yount was in there? I did. I yeah. saw Robin Yount. He's okay. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Right, right. <laughs> Put him in. But I don't want to listen to him for 162. No, no, I don't want to do that either. That's a good point. Yeah, that, that's a good point. But uh, he's Robin Yount. Uh, but it's the executives of the team executives. Who cares? Um, but maybe they have to do that. Anyways, uh, we're down to 12 teams in basketball. We'll be down to eight after tonight.
Games last night, Trent, boy, the early games looked as though they were going to be stinkers, and they were for the longest time. Yes. Both of them got good. The the Tennessee-Purdue game got a little better. Florida State-Gonzaga. Florida State cut it to three, I think, before... What was it, a 7-0 or a 9-0 run late in the basketball game? And then by that time, it was down under a minute, and it was foul free throw and try and make a three. Uh, but the but the Bulldogs uh, were going to prevail and did prevail at that point. The Purdue-Tennessee game. John, I don't know. Um, I get it. It's a 40-minute game and a foul that you, you think you saw in the first two minutes of the game should be a foul in the final 30 seconds of the game. I guess by rule that's the case. But, man, I did not like that when Turner fouled. Uh, Carson Edwards with what was it 1.5 seconds left or something on yep, the clock yep. and Carson Edwards does that you know how I feel about these guys that kick their legs out that don't mm-hmm. have to do this um, I get that it's gamesmanship but it still bothers me and I don't know if that was what caused Turner to run into Carson Edwards hip or not and they just they grazed barely, grazed yes I was going to say barely brushed but grazed is better he missed the first one, made the second two overtime. Here we go. And, you know, I really, I didn't, I, I, if, if, if Tennessee would have won, okay. If Purdue would have won, okay. Mm-hmm. I really didn't care. Maybe the Big Ten a little bit more than, uh, than the SEC, but. And it's good to see Painter, who. No, I'm a fan. For, for, I mean, you hear Jess Settles here on these airwaves. He's sung his praises in the yep. past. He was really tight and close friends with Chris Street. So mm-hmm. that tugs at the heartstrings, I'm sure, of Hawkeye fans. He just seems like a really good guy. Yeah, I agree with you. He's easy to root for mm-hmm. in a program that historically wasn't always easy to root for. With no. you know, some of the tough guys, <laughs> the Brian Cardinals of the world, yeah. you know, bouncing around there, and Gene Cady wasn't exactly the uh, the most beloved figure over there. No, but you know what? If it, when they they kept showing Cady and Philip Fulmer last night, of yeah. course, Fulmer, the Fulmer now the AD and the former football coach, he's got a national championship yes. as a coach. Right, Katie no longer with the program, other than the ambassador role that he has. Eh, you kind of want Purdue for that reason. Uh, good for Katie yeah, being there last night, mm-hmm. but better for for Klein. I mean, my good God, he he does he shoots the ball in a way he doesn't. I mean, he barely ripples the net. Mm-hmm. A few of those you don't see. It's just no arc. It's just it's just shoom, straight right in. in. Yes, and one after another, and dribbling. You know he's going to shoot a three. Yet the yes. step back three late in the basketball game. I mean, that was it. Was like you hate to say this because it's a cliche, right? It was a heavyweight fight with with one guy just landing a knockout blow, and then the other guy staggering and finding a way to land another knockout blow. And Admiral Schofield was great. Williams was great down the stretch for that Tennessee team. Uh, what a game that was! That by far to me that was um, that was, that game carried the night. Yeah, Texas Tech, Michigan. If you love defense, you're going to love that game. You're going to have to help me out with uh, with the late game. You I didn't mean, watch. You went to bed. No, I did watch, but I didn't certainly see the end. Okay. No, by then I'd been I was curled up in a fetal position because I flipped over and fast forwarded the final period of my squad and once again gave up two goals in the final minute to away. give a game away. That's the third time this month. This is not a good hockey team, but nobody cares. Anyways, back to basketball. He's talking about the Winnipeg. Yes, Jets. I am. Sadly, and I thought this was going to be it for. Me. <laughs> so, you, so you're saying we're not making a spring trip up no, to No, I don't think so. I think they're going to be a first-round exit. First-round exit, Trent. All right. All the way to the Western Conference final last year, and they've digressed. But we're not going to digress. We're going to move forward with basketball. Of the two late games, um, I mean, the, the, the Texas Tech game, I, you want the Big 12 to be a part of it. The Big 10 has certainly had a – it's been a wonderful, wonderful run for them. 
But man, oh man, Michigan was just discombobulated by this Red Raider defense. It, and it wasn't even they were just missing shots. It, it was the turnovers that were coupled with it. Of what course, did they finish turnover-wise? Glad you mentioned that. Be, it, early on, it, discombobulated. Yeah, it, it was perfect, too, because, I mean, you have a point guard. What are the best point guards? Top, yes. top five? Yes. Seven, at least, in the right. country? He didn't score. And he couldn't get anybody nope. going. He nope. couldn't get anybody in the right spot. Nope. And Brasdikas wasn't. It's seventeen. He led the way, but yeah, he missed a bunch of shots. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was he, he was up there hoisting. It just they were completely out of sorts. And I one for this. nineteen from three. And you know when the three came, right? Late with five seconds left yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah, it were the final points of the basketball game, sixty three forty one. And <laughs> you know he hit a three just before the buzzer. That was it. That was it. Yesterday. I like Texas Tech. That's about the only thing I got right. In fact, it was the only thing. I also love Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I love Florida State. Mm, yeah, I did too. And I love the over in Virginia, Oregon. Ooh. Uh, yeah. And yeah. how many points were scored in that game? Uh, just, they got, they, they barely they, got over they 100 the at handle? the end. Yep. Right at the end. I was hoping for overtime. That was my only hope on that side of things. But Texas Tech, the way that they can clamp you down. And this is why I, I wonder about that UCLA job. UCLA is not the job that it once was. It's difficult mm-hmm. for a myriad of different factors. Mm-hmm. Polly Pavilion, right? Uh, you don't have a bag man like Wooden had, and then Jim Herrick had. And apparently, it's not private travel. You're flying commercial, yes, which is just beyond me. Um, another thing that I found really interesting is, as it pertains to assistant coaches, their salary pool for their assistant basketball coaches, the three guys, is incredibly small. One of the smallest, certainly a big-time college basketball. It's like 750000 So say, hmm. divide it three ways, 250000 Try to do that in that area. Yeah, you can't. You can't. It's expensive there, I mean, you're, you're talking about living in a one-bedroom apartment. Right. At that price. And you're trying to get assistant coaches, guys mm. you know, that have been around for a while. And it's just, that's something that is going to need to change. But... I do wonder, because we've heard nothing there, if Chris Beard is their guy. Do you think so? Fair, interesting point. But it's similar to because it's very quiet over in Nebraska, and we think we know why. We're either waiting for Michigan State to get eliminated, mm-hmm. uh, and, and then the announcement will come. Do you find that uh, odd? That they're waiting on that, if that, if waiting, that is indeed the reason? If, if they're ready to do this, Little Hoiberg, it's not like he's a starter. No. He's not even really a reserve. N- no. <laughs> if his last name wasn't Hoiberg, he'd be a student assistant. Probably he would be so. Yeah, I, I saw the kid play in high school. Yeah, he wouldn't be at, at as they walk on at mm-hmm. Michigan State. Mm-hmm. But his last name's Hoiberg, and that's all. Well, but you're holding up because the son is part of a team. Well, he is part of the team, but come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean that 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 strikes me as one of the oddest reasons, justifications for not hiring or naming a head coach is because, because everyone knows it's done, Trent. Everyone knows it's done. Then name it. I uh, am What's with you. the holdup? I'm with you. I don't get it. Yeah, that's a fair point. But that's really the justification so, because uh, Michigan State's That's State what played? we're told. I mean, Randy Peterson floated that out. Uh, and he was the first one to, that I saw that from. And it's been picked up since then. Uh, a couple of days ago, Randy Peterson from the Des Moines Register floated that out there. And I thought at the time, man, really? Kind of sounds different. But the more I thought about it, there must be a reason behind the delay in, in, in naming him. Boy, speaking of coaches getting jobs, you see T.J. Otzelberger arriving yesterday. Via at the helicopter. Thomas and Mack Center. 
I mean, UNLV. that's a long way from Brookings, South Dakota to Las Vegas, Nevada, right? I mean, my good God. Opposite ends of the spectrum Unbelievable. There. Flies down the strips, lands at Thomas and Mack. Here comes the red carpet. Here come the cheerleaders um, to line up on the side of the red carpet. Uh, T.J. Otzelberger, uh, did you see his salary numbers? One point, I think he starts at 1.2 and it goes up 100,000 every year throughout the five year deal. If he leaves after one year, he has a $4 million buyout and it decreases by a million dollars every year. Well, they needed to put that kind of verbiage in the contract because the aforementioned Chris Beard. Yeah, it was there three weeks, not even 19 Na- days. 19 days. In April. So he didn't have, a, he didn't have a chance to do anything. Think of what UNLB probably would have been under him. That's a great point. And Texas Tech. Who knows where they would have been? They'd be because Tubby, what Tubby Texas Smith, Tech basketball is. Yeah, I mean, Tubby Smith left in, in, in the middle of the night, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, out, out of nowhere. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a strange set of circumstances that led Chris Beard back home. But Texas Tech is 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 very happy, and you look, I am too, because I want the Big Twelve to have good coaches, good teams from top to bottom. We know that there's always going to be in every conference. I mean, somebody has to finish last. Right. You know, somebody has to be on a schedule that you look at. Well, there's a win. Uh, boy, I wish we had those late that uh, those guys late in February because we really need whoever that we is, right? Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, I hope he stays. And I hope Hoiberg goes to the Big Ten. It's it's better when we have um because those are the two conferences we spend the majority of our time more than the majority of our time talking about. Um so do you feel like you saw a national champion play last night? No, not you at still all. don't, huh? No, I. You're still waiting for North Carolina or Duke to play tonight or Kentucky. Yeah, I. I didn't like anything that I really saw last night. Texas Tech, I think, was the most impressive, just because of defense and the Big Three did their what thing. What about Gonzaga? You know, Trent. That's a that's a that's a good one to bring up because we don't. And I don't want to speak for you. I don't see enough of them. During the regular season, right? They start when you're going to bed. It, precisely. And I and we know Hachimura is a really good player, and uh, he's been there a couple of years. I think he's a junior now, right? Yeah. Um, and Raven last, Clark. Is yeah, who is, who is really good. And he didn't play last year. He, he was at a, San Jose State. Is that where they got him Isn't from? Isn't that crazy? Oh, my that God. That guy was at San Jose State. Wow. Who's historically awful mm-hmm. at pretty much any sport. Yeah, they are. Tilly didn't do anything last night no? for the for the most part, and he was hurt most of the year. But there's some guys on that team. Norvell with some big shots. Norvell hit a three. In fact, he hit the three late in the game. Florida State had cut it to a three-point game. Norvell hit a, just a monster three with just under two minutes left in the game, and then they that uh, led them on a 7-0 or 9-0 run, whatever it was and they were Florida State was never able to get back into it. But man, talk about a couple of stinkers early on that thought, oh Jesus. You know, everybody's been saying that we has the chance to be the best sweet sixteen ever because we've yeah. got all these high seeds. And then you start seeing the first twenty minutes of these two and it's PU. But boy they got good. They did late, yeah. Yeah, we, both we got, of them. They tightened up late. You know, Virginia, Oregon, I, I guess, was quote unquote the closest. Though he mm-hmm. had an overtime game. So late in the game, help me, because again, I didn't see. I I started to watch the second half, and I just I knew I couldn't do it. Guy hit a, a shot in the lane. Uh-huh. Uh, they got another bucket, a three that gave him a three point lead. It was just so aesthetically unpleasing. <laughs> it really was. Right. It was putrid, and you got mm-hmm. Pritchard out there trying to do anything, and he can't get any space against that Virginia defense. I get it. Yeah, he was it, three it, of twelve. He finished. It's a winning brand of basketball and going back to Tony Bennett's dad and Mm -hmm. Dick Bennett and Bennett Ball of Wisconsin in the 90s but it is so tough to watch and I get it people say well hey they win Mm -hmm. yeah they win just it's not fun it it's not entertaining it's not 
It's not the basketball that I enjoy. It doesn't have to be Loyola Marymount. It doesn't have to be everybody up and down the floors. And we're not talking Grinnell firing threes up every seven seconds. It doesn't have to be that, but I need a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I mean, if well, we had it with Licklider for three years and it was god-awful. But if we got another coach like that, and even if they're winning, I'm, I'm sure the wins are great, but it's got to be something well, more. How, how tough was it to watch Wisconsin basketball in the 90s? It was terrible. It really was. I'm with you. It was bad. So let's look ahead real quick to tomorrow. Which game do you think has the chance to be Texas Tech and Zaga? Have you seen numbers yet on these games? I didn't yes. look this morning because we're going to use these for Claxon. So Texas Tech is – no, no, we're not going to use these for Claxon. We're going to use the games tonight, tonight. aren't we? Yes. Um this got to be a really tight line. Re- I mean, Texas Tech and Zaga is a really tight line. What is it? I was surprised because... So that means that Gonzaga is favored by more than I would have thought. They're favored by four. That's I too many. I want to see if there's any four and a halfs out there because that's more than likely what we'll use. Pretty much four across the board. We'll, we'll shade it maybe down well, to three I thought we were using tonight's game. Oh, yeah, we're using it, so right. we don't need to use it. You're right. Uh, but, yeah, four. I thought that'd be more two, two and a half I'm range. With, yes, totally agree. I like Texas Tech. I, that was the... I still have my Final Four team alive in that region because I went with Texas Tech there. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be looking hard at that money line. I like the Red Raiders. Okay. Uh, then the finale? Purdue. Purdue. Virginia. Give me a guess. Virginia. Five. Four and a half. That's a win. Get it within a half point. Right. That's a win. I'll put that one in the win column. And I thought this one would be a shade higher. Mm-hmm. I thought Virginia would be more five and a half, maybe six range. So I'm going to have to do some investigating on that one. It's uh, Purdue. I didn't expect this at all. And, and it's not just what they did at the beginning of the season and losing to a bad Notre Dame team and starting six and five. Well, I would turn their season around, Trent. Yeah, it, that was the starting point. But you look at the course of this season, you look at the way the schedule set up for them. They had a very advantageous schedule uh-huh. as they only played Michigan and Michigan State once. I never was wowed by this team. The pieces are nice. Well, certainly not in early January. We no, weren't. no. But even as they were winning games and they were going through that run in February and March. Trent, they led the Big Ten for a while. Let's not they forget. Did. They did. They tied for the regular season uh-huh. title. But they had the lead by themselves for a while. They, Harms is big dude. Yeah. He can do some things. And but how do you let him get, how do you let him get behind the defense? Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, for that wide open, when you needed it most, yes. he's all by himself on a backdoor cut. I mean, how does a seven foot three or four, whatever he is, guy sneak away? I, I was shocked how open he was. He was it, wide open. Seven two. Jeez. Don't let him get behind you. Eastern has got the ugliest free throw form yeah. of all time. Boy, speaking of ugly free throw form, that game featured a whole ton of it, yes, did it, it did. not? It was 17 missed free throws. You know from what? Tennessee. I'm going to I'm going to find out the box score. I Hang think on. that's what it was. I want to say it was 17 missed. Tennessee free- from the free throw line. No, it was 14. 14. They, they missed 14 three free throws. Meanwhile, uh. 17 free throws missed for Purdue. For Purdue, that's what it was. That's 31 missed free throws between the two teams. In a game that went to overtime. That had a lot of points scored. That 99-94. Think about that. Either one of those schools makes a free throw in regulation. I mean, come on. That's unbelievable. Boy, that was piss-poor shooting. All right, baseball real quick. Uh, let's get back to it. Uh, the Cubs and the Rangers were... I mean, the, the Cubs had their bats, let's be honest. Javi yeah. buys with a couple of uh, shots. Down 2 uh, nothing right away. They were down 2 nothing right away. And, and uh, the message boards and Twitter was not how, here we go again. Mm-hmm. And then it got, they were up, what, were, what was they up, 12-2 or something. 
And then at the end of the game, I mean, Montgomery gives up a two-run home run, mm-hmm. and uh, it's got to get Kimbrell. This is going to be a long year. <laughs> I told you this bullpen. I don't like this bullpen, blah, blah, blah. They won, <laughs> won by eight. They got their closer. Their closer's coming back in well, maybe, May. Maybe. May? But that's, that's, the, that's what you hear, but, you know, can you trust that? Probably not. I mean, when you hear May, and it's still March... In baseball, that is always concerning to me. Because there's been plenty of those guys, uh, you know, rehab's not going quite as quick as we hoped. Mm-hmm. And then you get it, yeah. Avi Baez, though. La- last year... Well, he took one off his shoe tops and, and somehow golfed that one into left field. And yeah, the first the, one. Yeah, the first one. Then the line shot to right center. My God. You saw Chris Bryant yeah, swinging that bat. I told you yesterday, I, I think he's going to have a big bounce back year. Are you already getting a day in your choice of the Cardinals? To win the division. <laughs> if I gave you a mulligan right now, one day in. Yeah, one day in. If I could take one mulligan, uh, maybe Toronto because they're awful. Yeah. They, they, they can't. They had two hits. Two hits? Opening day. Waited all, waited all winter long for your team to play, and they had two hits. Two hits? Against Detroit. You know, we'll, we probably won't spend a lot of time on the Kansas City Royals this summer, but that kid Keller, how about yeah, the game he good. pitched? He's good. What's his story? Young. Yeah, he uh, came up last year. He was good last year when he came up, and you know, I remember hearing about him a few years back. And, and initially, it was eh, not exactly sure is he more of a swing guy, a bottom of the rotation, or a bullpen kind of. So arm. this wasn't uh, by default. Someone's got to start opening day. Here, you take the ball. If I'm thinking of the right guy, and I'm almost positive I am, that was at least a while back, kind of the mo. But he come up last year. Mm-hmm. He missed a lot of bats. Statistically, he was good down in the minor leagues, so maybe step one of the rebuilding process. But you know, not having Sal Perez back yeah, behind the it's dish going to be weird, right? It really. Is. I mean that that handcuffs this team yeah, so so much. No, I mean do you go you go back to that World Championship team and the four really cornerstone pieces. And you want to throw Kane in the mix too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kane's gone, Hosmer's gone, Mustakas is gone, Perez is out. It's Alex Gordon. That's it. That's it. He's the guy on all the billboards. Yeah. And... Well, he should be. And yes, because they're not going to put many they're other gonna, names You know what they're going to do? They're going to steal a ton of bags. Yeah. They're going to steal a swipe a lot of bases. They're going to run, run, run. So it's going to be at least that part's going to be fun to watch them run. But um, the White Sox are bad. Yes, they are. I, well, we talked about that yesterday. We... This is one more year. Hold your nose, White Sox fans. Mm-hmm. Swallow hard. Uh, this can be a long year, but maybe you start seeing the light at the end of that proverbial tunnel next year. At least that's what you hope for. That's the hope that you mm-hmm. build it. It's not a division that is overly difficult. It's been that. Hey, I, I heard this uh, yesterday, right before the season began. Last year in the American League Central, mm-hmm. all five teams, you know, we know the White Sox, Tigers, Royals were all bad. The Twins were a disappointment. Mm-hmm. And the Indians won it, but not as substantially. All five teams went under their Vegas over-under. Last year they That's did. nearly impossible that in the division. Because you'd think somebody would have somebody to... Somebody has to win. Yeah, but have a, have a dominant year over one of those other teams. But the Indians' number was really? big. 94-95, and I think they won uh-huh. 90. The Twins were 83, they won 79. And Based then on their previous year, yeah. Fell apart. That shows you how bad that wow. division really kind of was outside of the Indians and the talent that they have. Mm-hmm. And 
might be heading the same direction again this year. It may be so. Uh, Tom Caker's coming up in about 10 minutes. Let's finish up with the Hawkeye news from yesterday, and that's Macy Daly mm-hmm. uh, is going to forego his final year of eligibility. Saw the writing on the wall. I mean, that, that right. it's no surprise. Um, you know, sadly, what he's going to be remembered for, and, and Gary Dolphin doesn't want Macy Daly to be remembered this way, but it's, but he is, I think. I mean, he's the guy that, uh, that Dolphin... Uh, I suppose um, in, in not the very bright, uh, the kindest of lights, and did so with his microphone on. Um, so he's going to leave. He wasn't going to see the he wasn't going to see the floor very much next year. Here's one I've been pursuant to the roster. Pemsel played two games. I remember him playing one, but apparently he played in two. Can he get a red shirt? Yes, yes. Is is he? I mean, I. I is he a guy that would want to have two more years left? Oh, I think so. Good. And you know, another piece of this very well could be. He might be a guy that goes the grad transfer route after next season. Now, this isn't to say he's leaving this year. No, he'll be back. He'll be wearing a Hawkeye uniform next year. But that happens, and if the log jam continues, he says, you know what, I'd like to play my senior year wherever. Either mm-hmm. go somewhere else for more playing time at a at a major level or transfer down a level and go to a good program. A program looks really good and needs some help inside and say, I'll play my senior year there. That possibility could be there because he'll be going into his fifth year and more than likely a graduate to go along with it. But yeah, Pemsel, he is a redshirt. He'll be a redshirt junior next season. Mm-hmm. He had the issues that he was plagued with in high school, the knee issues, and he had some substantial injuries during his high school career. They went in and basically the hardware was becoming loose and becoming a problem, and there was some kind of uncomfortableness, we'll just say, inside that knee and the hardware and the screws and everything inserted. So they went in and cleaned it up, and that's what, after the Iowa State game, he went in and had it. Because you remember, he wasn't going to play. And then all of a sudden he did play. He's going to play. Right, right. And they went back in and said he could try to play through it, but it was going to be pain tolerance, uncomfortable or go through surgery and clean it up and still have that red shirt mm-hmm. here. He went that route, so he'll be back out there. And he's important. I mean, they, they need that kind of guy. He's a different kind of leader than Nicholas Bear. Nicholas Bear, you didn't see. Oh, he's the guy that leads the team off the bus, Trent. Yes, and he's got chip on the shoulder. Right. He'll get in the middle of things. Every team needs one. He'll be John. And that's what I'm going to, you know, one of the, my fondest, not fondest, one of, one of my, the, one of the things that pops into my head quicker than any other with pursuant to this year is that. Yes. It's Jacobson Pemsel. And Connor McCaffrey, right? You know yeah. that I'll never that, that that was outstanding, and that's one of the things that um, when, three when, Iowa kids, yeah, t- talking about the the basketball season that, that uh, uh, what will happen in eighteen nineteen. That'll be one of them for me. Well, that's good because I I'm glad that he's coming back. But Macy Daly saw the writing on the wall. Not going to be a lot of playing time. No, there's not. No. And this I think leads to that bigger question though going into next year for Iowa basketball is this year because of injuries and redshirts and everything else. Fran didn't have the 11 guys at his disposal, 12 guys at his disposal right. that we've seen in the past. and Two years ago, right? I, I think has been a problem uh-huh. for Fran, trying to make everybody happy, trying to get everybody minutes. Maybe not everybody needs to be getting minutes. He's going to have the same concern going into next year. He's going to have a ton of dudes out there trying to get playing time. A guy like C.J. Frederick. C.J. Frederick isn't ready. You don't have to give him an obligatory six minutes a game. Just don't. He doesn't play. Just don't give him minutes. What kind of player is he? We're, we're being sold that he is a combo guard. Okay. Think Jocelyn Oglesby. Okay. Brady Ellingson. Yeah. I mean... That kind of size, too? Yeah, yeah. 6'4". Okay. You know, he's 
We heard the same things with both those guys. So he can it, shoot it a little bit? Yeah, shoot it, more of a Bring shooter. Bring the ball up the floor if he needs if to. If need to. But Josh Oglesby was never a point guard. Uh-uh. Though they, we heard, working on those ball handling skills. Yeah, we did. He, he, he can, in a pinch, do it. We heard the same thing with Brady Ellingson. Those guys aren't point guards. Stop trying to make them point guards. I wonder, and I haven't seen C.J. Frederick play and haven't seen him during his redshirt year, don't try to pigeonhole that in. It doesn't work. It just it hasn't worked for Iowa basketball. Find the rotation that makes sense. Find the rotation and get your best guys out there. Play your best guys 34, 35 minutes a game. And the rest of the guys, if they have to divvy up and you got four guys and 20 minutes to play with, figure it out. But you don't have to try to make everybody happy. I think Fran's run into that too much. Uh, and Two years ago, that was mm-hmm. the case. Yeah, uh, we'll take a timeout. Are we doing the flag now? Or you want to wait till the top of the hour? Do you have uh, yeah, your team? Let's, let's get it right after we finish with Tom. King. Okay, got it. Because if you don't have a team, I kind of do. Okay, yeah, it's your turn anyway. Well, good. I'm. Gonna I reward... gave the Orioles yesterday. Good. I'm going to stay in baseball. I'm going to reward one of the locals. Okay, I like. We'll it. do that at about ten oh, fifty or so. Tom Cakert next. HawkeyeReport.com. Dylan Monsames Tribune. A lot of football. Tom Manning met with the media yesterday, uh, so we'll pick Dylan's brain on that. Uh, that's coming up at eleven fifteen. What do we have at uh, 1135 Baseball Conversation, Matt right? Snyder from Matt CBS. Snyder. Good stuff. We'll do some baseball and then Claxons before we get out of here at noon. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. On Facebook. Your home for Iowa State women's basketball is right here. This is head coach Bill Fenley from Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's get the right to Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com. Do a little football with Tom. Do some basketball with the Macy Daily News. Tom, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Tom Cakert, how are you? Doing well. How are you guys? Doing well. Macy Daily has left the program. Is he going to be the last one, Tom? Other than, I mean, Tyler Cook may leave eligibility. Any transfers other than Macy Daly, or is that not looking like it's going to happen? I you know, the only other one that you might see, I, I don't really see anybody else leaving, like, you know, underclassmen transferring. There's always a chance that, you know, like uh, Isaiah Moss mm. could grad transfer mm-hmm. if he wanted to. Um, and that that's kind of, you know, at least people have speculated. Let's just say that. <laughs> A lot, of, that one. a lot of speculation about this roster and what it's going to look like going into next season. You know, as you go through and you take a look at the different elements, the different pieces, we had a long conversation about Cordell Pimsel and what he brings to this team, you know, that toughness element and what he can be. What about Jack Nungy? We saw a lot of bright moments, I thought, during his freshman campaign, then hit a bit of a lull in the middle portion of the season. What kind of player is he going to be? I know during his freshman campaign, they played around with him as a three. Are they looking at him now strictly as he is bigger, thicker now, strictly as a four or five man? I hope so. Because <laughs> he's going to kind of be <laughs> right. cast as a 250-pound, yeah. 6'11", uh, three man in a game that's not trending in that direction no. for someone that size and, and you know, ability-wise. It's just I, I don't know. I, I, they fall in love with his ability to step outside and shoot, but defensively, that's a pretty tough ask for him uh, as a three-man and a man-to-man. Um, Fran was pretty uh, fantastic about hmm. <laughs> when, he, when he was talking about him uh, and 
TJ Frederick after uh, after the the game against Tennessee, and I had a chance to talk to Andrew Francis about both the red shirt this year uh, in the in between day, uh, doing a story on both those guys, and yeah, Fran said he's been dominant in practice, been one of the best players in practice, but you know that you have to temper that with. Sometimes Fran gets uh, out there a little bit, praising mm-hmm. his players. But by all accounts, everybody was telling me that he's been looking really, really good in practice. So mm. he can help them next year uh, at the four for sure. Uh, Trent and I spent some time earlier, Tom, talking about C.J. Frederick. We've uh, neither one of us has seen him. What what do they expect from him? Um, you know, he's a really good shooter, um, good defender as well. I think that's something that maybe we'll start to realize next year when we get to see him on the floor that he's the kid that'll get in front of people, take charges. He took one into the ribs, broke some ribs this year, taking a charge from Tyler Cook, and he said he kind of learned a lesson there. Maybe you shouldn't, when when uh, Tyler's great training to the basket, you might want to get out of the way instead of trying to be a hero. Um, <laughs> but um, he's, you know, Franz kind of talked about him playing some point too. And I know he's worked on that those skills as ball handling and everything, and uh, you know during this redshirt year. So uh, I, I think he's you know going to be a pretty good player. And maybe we're all kind of sleeping on him as a prospect right now. He's an intriguing one. The other guard coming in next season, Joe Toussaint, continues to uh, well be the apple of many people's eye out there. <laughs> a quick point guard, a guy that. Well, we hear can defend, though, at the collegiate level, I think that's more to be seen before he gets on campus. Are expectations, though, all out of whack too early for this one? You know, I, I think and I harken back to another guy that was that type of player, Anthony Clemens, started early on in his career, then started late in his career, but he took a lot of arrows throughout his career. Are people maybe having too big of expectations for Joe Toussaint? Well, I, I think... Iowa fans should just harken back to all the expectations they put on when they got uh, when they signed Trey Dickerson, and it's mm. the same thing. Yep. Everybody's just so excited that right. this guy's going to be, you know, the next Ronnie Lester or something. And unless uh, like, yeah, let's let him get to campus first <laughs> right. and let him play a couple games before you uh, anoint him as the next great point guard for the University of Iowa. Um, I think Joe's going to be pretty good, but. Um, you know, every everybody that I've talked to that's seen him play extensively, and you know, guys like Eric Bossy and Corey Evans who do uh, are recruiting at rivals, and they saw his AAU team play a lot, and they're like, yeah, he's a nice guard, but you know, he's not Cole Anthony for gosh sakes. You know, he's uh, he's just a he's a nice guard that can can play some defense. Uh, shooting is a big question mark. And you know he's a he's an okay playmaker. Hmm. So they just you gotta you gotta temper your enthusiasm. Be excited about him. I mean, I think he could help them uh, from a toughness perspective. But uh, there's a lot of folks out there that think he's going to come in and start next year. And I, I think 
you might want to pump the brakes a bit. Mm-hmm. Tom, uh, are you surprised Purdue is a, an Elite Eight team? I mean, we go back to January the 3rd. It was a Thursday night. Iowa lost their first two games in conference back in December. It was the re- resumption of conference play. Purdue's not very good. They have, they're not, this, is a, this is a game that Iowa can win, yada, yada, yada. It really turned Purdue's season around, if you think back, as they convincingly beat the Hawks that night. Did you think at that point that, boy, here's a team that if they wake up, they're going to the Elite Eight? Purdue has had one of the more interesting seasons uh, that I've seen in a while because they were 6-5 and five at one point, I think, going into that Iowa game, and they had lost a bad Notre Dame team in Indianapolis, and they were just scuffling. And then uh, they beat Iowa, and around that, right after that, then they started playing the, the Williams kid. Uh, the freshman, and he kind of gave them, I thought, a, a big jolt of uh, energy and uh, another post guy because they were playing Boudreaux at that point, and he just wasn't getting it done. Um, and then they hit, at the end of the year, Carson Edwards wasn't totally healthy, I don't think, and they were scuffling a bit. I mean, I thought, you know, we saw what happened in the Big Ten tournament against Minnesota, and they were just really not sharp and then they get in the tournament and they looked great uh for the most part except for that you know that they uh let tennessee pull an iowa on them in the second (laughs) half last night but uh um but they're just a tough unit they're a tough team and uh i i really you know like their chances tomorrow against uh, uh virginia all of their points in and from the bench boys were all freshmen that's pretty this good. Team's not going anywhere. Yeah, Painter's done a really, really nice job. Carson Edwards is leaving, but the team's going to be good. Sorry, Trent. Well, uh, let's jump into a little football before we run out of time, Tom. And you had a chance to talk with Kirk Ferentz earlier this week. Your biggest takeaway from uh, Kirk, and as he was talking now for year twenty-one with the Iowa football program. Yeah, it's crazy that he's heading into you know what amounts to a third decade as a head coach. Just crazy to think about that, but. Uh, that's where we are with Kirk. So um, I thought he was kind of generally vague most of the day, uh, most of the hour or 45 minutes. Or Shocker. So that was he was, yeah, that's spring ball, though. He's not going to set any expectations mm-hmm. at this point. Just going to go out there and see what these guys do in practice and then figure it out from there. Non-committal on the 425, but he said it's part of their DNA, so I suspect they're going to run some of that. How are they going to do that? I don't know. Uh, you think Michael Ogemudier is uh, kind of the, the most logical guy for that, especially because they have some depth at corner. Um, but uh, what jumped out at me when I was looking at that depth chart was, boy, the second string on both lines, not a lot of experience. Mm, that's there. for sure. They're going to have to get those guys ready to go. Yeah, no doubt about that, Tom. On on both sides of the ball, you're 100 percent right. You know who intrigues me, and he did last year, and I, and I want to see where he ends up in this program as far as position wise. Julius Brents, to me, I mean, he's got all the size that you want back. He might outgrow the cornerback position. Yeah, he's really really intriguing um, just because his length. I keep an eye on DJ Johnson this summer or this spring because he's. Uh, another guy that's, I think, really intriguing at the cornerback position. Um, yeah, that's why I think maybe if they're going to move somebody to that four-two-five, it's uh, it's got to. It, it, I think it's got to be a corner because uh, they've got some depth there, and they don't have the depth at safety this year, right? 
have a Trent question, though. Uh-oh. Good Trent. Who has more hype right now, Joe Toussaint or Davion Nixon? Ooh. (laughs) That that is I think Nixon's got a head start. He does. Yeah, he's got a little bit more behind him. The the Davion Nixon needs a point guard. And and they need defensive tackles. (laughs) They they need help inside. Excellent question, Tom Kaker. Davion Nixon, somebody I heard mention this the other day. Defensive line-wise, are we talking about the next big human or are we actually talking about a great defensive tackle in Iowa history? Yeah, are we talking about the you know the next uh, Jalil Johnson? Or are we talking about the next big human? I think it's where we're at, and I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, you know, you have some people that I've talked to who said um, he's got a long way to go, and then there's other people that think you know by the end of spring he may end up being their best defensive tackle. So it, it's just you got to see him on the field. Remember. He hasn't practiced since early October when he was kind of put on the sidelines, uh, you know, for off the field stuff. So he's, uh, and we still haven't gotten any clarity on that. And I doubt that we will, um, what, what exactly went on there. And I don't know that we'll get that, but, uh, we'll keep trying to, you know, get something on the record. But uh, at this point, we haven't gotten it. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Maybe next Friday when we speak with you, Tom, we'll have that answer. Yeah, we get uh, we'll get uh, maybe some ideas from. Uh, I, I think Kelvin Bell's supposed to speak with us on mm. Tuesday, so uh, I think we'll maybe get some answers then. We'll talk uh, Friday, Tom. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport dot com. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. We'll tell you what team uh, if you're a fan of and how you can win a flag from HeartlandFlags dot com. That's next. A little tax information coming up as well. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty. Fourteen sixty KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 com. Time to give away that flag. Trent, I'm going to go just because I was very impressed that the Royals got off on the right foot yesterday. I ah. want to reward the Royals fans out there. going to be a long year. Keller was ter- tremendous. Uh, Merrifield swiped a couple of bags yesterday. So if you're a Kansas City Royals fan, what do they do? Very simple. All you have to do is tweet at us. I, at Miller and Condon is where you can find us on Twitter. And just prove your fandom. It might be a picture of you wearing a t-shirt, got the hat on. If you're sitting in your office, you don't have a picture handy, well, just take a picture. Maybe you got a button, a poster on your wall, whatever it is. Prove your fandom. Tweet at us. The first one in gets a free flag. Courtesy of Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. Oh, well, it's almost tax time. We've got a couple of weeks. Mike Hammond from Vision Eye was in here. He joins us. You know, Mike, before we get into that, um, sadly, basketball season in the state over for the men, right? The so uh, Yeah, what a great season it was in a lot of different ways. Uh, like you and I were just talking about, the fact that everybody was in the, in the dance means an awful lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember years in which we didn't hardly get one or two teams in the, in mm-hmm. the dance. But the fact that we had the, the, the men's and the women's both playing to great crowds and not turned out like we wanted it to, but... They're still playing. Yeah, give us something to talk about. You know what? Um, I, w- I meant to bring this up to with you, and I and I will right now. I saw something earlier in the week that, and because you were there, that's why I want to bring it up. That the Alamo Bowl set an all time record as far as economic impact yeah. with Iowa State <laughs> making their way uh, to San Antonio. I, you were there. You're not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. A lot of red, a lot of red sweatshirts on the uh, down in the. Uh, in, in the Alamo Bowl. But, you know, it's neat about that is that obviously other schools look at that for future bowl opportunities. And so if it's a tiebreaker between Iowa State and you name who, 
boy, that's got to that's got to tip them in our favor, and we just want more bowls. And really, that's you know the the credo that has helped Iowa out throughout the years. You look at the number of Outback bowls, and maybe some of those shouldn't have been Outback bowl years, but they got there because of the fan base and. <laughs> Going back to the Rose Bowl, I'm sure you remember oh, yeah. that first Rose Bowl in night with uh, Hayden. The people that traveled out there, I heard those stories and the way that it's continued. And Iowa State does the same thing. Us Iowans like to get out of the cold weather, don't well, we, when we, it's cold? We, we must not have a life. The only thing I can figure out. <laughs> but we do follow our sports teams, and we're very fanatic about it. And that's neat. And that means a lot to the rest of the country. And I'm sure they watch and observe. And that was neat about this weekend as far as the crowds as well. So. Yeah. Well, and, and speaking of that kind of ec- economic impact, and we haven't seen any numbers or anything yet, but what we had in Des Moines. And <laughs> for the weekend. second time having the NCAA tournament here over the last four years, just an incredible environment down there, well attended. And Des Moines and, and Iowa as a whole just put their best face forward. One of the like. announcers, didn't they say that Iowa should be a permanent spot? Reggie Miller. Every, yeah, Reggie mm-hmm. Miller. There yeah. you go. Every three years we ought to be here. And it's hard to dispute that. It was so incredibly neat to be downtown and to see all the buzz and all the people. And quite honestly, everybody walked away shaking their heads and said, this is, this is a nice show. So well done to the folks that put this thing on, and uh, a lot of credit to them. No doubt. Well, Trent and I have been talking about the uh, you perform, you helping us with our taxes, but you're more than that at Vision Iowa. Why don't you um, bookkeeping services? Trent and I don't need you for that. We right. need you for our taxes, but there are those out there that do. Yeah, you bet. I, you know, when I do, ta- I do a lot of small business tax returns, and it always strikes me when I'm doing on, working on a tax return how one small calculation – uh, uh, on the on the on the books, the financial statements, the income, the revenues, the expenses, how big a difference that can make, both for the good or the bad, either you're over-reporting or under-reporting income. One small glitch, and, and a lot of business owners do the books themselves. And quite honestly, if you don't do it on a regular basis, it's it's tough. It's kind of like playing basketball without going to practice. So, I uh, I, I encourage those folks that are running small businesses who need services we do both uh, obviously we do we do the books financial reports payroll uh, sales tax reporting all the things that has that has to happen uh, at the end of the month and you get a report talking about how you did this month or not at the end of the year you get a, you get a year in which is then we quickly apply to the tax return so that's an important part of our business it's an important part of all small business owners as to how they manage their business and we're more than happy to assist clients with that how can people find you what's the website our website is yourvisioniowa.com yourvisioniowa.com and uh well with that you can also give you a call 440-1133 is how you get a hold of mike taxes we're we're getting down there appointments i'm sure starting to dwindle but but the time to do it, but that bookkeeping, I, I know, ultra important. Yeah, so. it is really important, and I appreciate, appreciate the plug on that. You know, it's tax season, and quite honestly, we've been we've been really, really busy, and we'll continue all the way up to the 15th, and then maybe a week or two behind that mm. as well. <laughs> <laughs> we got these procrastinators, in which I'm sitting in with two of them. Yeah, yes. Guilty. <laughs> yep, here we are, here we are. So it doesn't mean that you get an automatic vacation April 16th. No, no, It doesn't no. quite work that it, way. It, it might world. mean I get out of, out of the office before 6 o'clock or maybe 7 o'clock yeah. is all that it really means. But but it, it, we've had a great uh, great tax season. It's been a really interesting year. This new tax law has thrown a curveball mm-hmm. at a lot of folks, and the media's caught up on it as well. You know, It's almost a coin flip. Half the people come in and they come out better than they expected. The other people walk away saying, huh. You know, I think I sold a bill of goods. And so, and there's hard to predict. Young families are doing, I think, relatively well. Child tax credits boosted, so that's helpful. The top income folks, they're doing okay. We, we, we knocked the top rate down a little bit, so that helps. 
But boy, everybody in between, which is a whole bunch of us. <laughs> <laughs> Shaking their head just it, a little bit. It is a coin toss as to whether we're ahead or we're lost. All right. Before we run out of time, steering it back to sports. You love basketball. You love watching the Hawkeyes and the Cyclones both. Indeed. What would you consider this from your fan perspective? You know, Ken and I kind of have it. Is it a successful year for Iowa State? Was it a successful year for the Hawkeyes? Oh, that's a great question. Iowa State, I think, below expectations. I think it's fair to say coming into the season. And they had some shows. They had some some games in which you walked away saying, this is a really, really good mm-hmm. team on paper and in and, and, and flashes. But I think it's fair to say that it's below expectations. Iowa State fans are walking away wanting more. Regards this to was Iowa, the year to get Kansas, Mike. Yeah. It was the year to get Kansas, and they missed it. I mean, Kempom had them uh, as the number one choice at some point, yeah. and they were rolling through the schedule like they might actually accomplish that. So I think a little disappointed. Uh, who knows what went wrong, but uh, it is what it is. They were in the NCAA dance, and that's something to be said for that. Iowa, I mean, I think Iowa showed flashes of real potential. I think they have a fairly young team. They only graduate one senior, I believe. Yeah, yeah Nicholas Bear. Oh, yeah. they're loaded. Yeah, and not loaded is not the right term, but I think they're. Well, if they they're, get Tyler Cook back, and mm-hmm. they have a lot of talent yeah. there, and I think they can really make some noise in the Big Ten. The problem with it, the Big Ten is really, really, really tough. <laughs> and we're seeing that play out here in the oh, tournament. They're seven and one the first round, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, Vision yeah. Iowa, give that number one more time, Trent Condon. You can find uh, Mike Hammon and Vision Financial Services. Good to see you, Mike. We'll see you shortly. We're on our way over. We'll be back second hour of the program. Coming up next, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.